This is SSN. Story Studio Network. While the housing market has leveled off in Toronto, the same can't be said about the rental market. In fact, rents in Toronto are skyrocketing, and it's mostly because of the lack of supply, something that we've also seen in the resale housing market. As a realtor, we're now seeing bidding wars for rental units. Yes, tenants are at a disadvantage. And along with that disadvantage, tenants aren't aware of their rights, as some landlords are breaking the law. If you're a tenant or even a landlord, you don't want to miss this episode of Sold in the Six, as we talk to someone who has represented many tenants in disputes with landlords. Shay Kiley is the Executive Director of Housing Help in Ottawa, and that's a tenants advocacy group. Shay, thanks very much for joining us on Sold in the Six this morning. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so great to have you. So in Toronto, the housing market, well, the, the rental market is absolutely crazy right now, and I'm sure you're experiencing a lot of the same issues in Ottawa. Um, what are you seeing there that is basically taking advantage of tenants as they as they are trying to get into this uh, market. Um, yeah, we're seeing certainly the the, the housing market has changed um, significantly in the last five years. I would say um, our organization has been doing this for over thirty years, and the, some of my long term staff have said that the market has shifted so much, especially in the fa- last five years. Um, because the the demand for rental units is increased so dramatically, and the supply just doesn't meet the demand, um, it's driving driving the prices up to um, unaffordable amounts. Um, which many of our tenants that access our services are low income, so which means they're either working poor, they're receiving financial assistance from uh, the provincial government. So the current rental amounts are out of reach for a lot of our clients and a lot of people, um, you know, that are working, you know, minimum wage jobs or even above. Um, so that's had a real effect on on the affordability and, and access to housing. Um, we, we're getting a lot of um, different stories for, for different reasons. Um, a, a lot of our tenants come to us um, for maintenance issues. So a perfect example of tenants being taken advantage of is they may, you know, report to their landlord that there are um, uh, an issue in their unit, such as pests, um, not have heat. We've had people in the wintertime where they have no heat and they're freezing. And the landlord, not all, but um, some may ignore the request and say, you know, I'll get to it. We'll do something. And then the, the tenant is waiting weeks on end and, and nothing is being done. And I think um, because of the demand being so high and tenants are in a situation in which, you know, there's not a lot of options to move out of a, of a rental unit, that they kind of put up with a lot more than they should. And one of the challenges here in, in a lot of municipalities is that um, when tenants report to, say, the, the bylaw department, um, it might take, you know, a couple of weeks for a bylaw officer to go over to the unit and inspect. And then in that case, there's not always follow-up being done. So the landlord will say, oh, yeah, you know, sure, I'll, I'll do something about it. But then they never do. 
and there's no follow-up. So that's a very common occurrence in our city and I'm sure in other places. Um, that's certainly one example. I mean, there, there's many. Um, and a lot too, um, a lot of people are bidding for apartments right now. So they'll go to a unit viewing and they'll have a lineup of people just waiting to get into the unit. And it becomes almost like a bidding war for a rental unit. So that that's kind of a common theme, I think, not just in Ottawa, yeah. but across we're, Canada. Yeah, we're seeing that here too. So for example, a lot of landlords turn to us uh, as realtors to lease their properties for them. And the cost to the landlord is one month's rent. And um, what we'll do is uh, if we have another agent involved who brings in the tenant, they get 50% of that one month's rent. And then me as the listing agent gets the other half. Um, just last year, we rented a unit here in um, in the beaches area of Toronto, and we got $2,300 for it. The tenant left, and the landlord approached me again to to lease it. And I did my research, and I said, you know, we could probably get $2,400. And he says, yeah, let's go for it. So we, we went for an extra $100 a month, put it on the market, and just as you said about bidding wars, we ended up having it on the market for just three days. We got three offers on it, and it was a bidding war. It ended up going for $2,650. So... <sighs> Incredible. He got $350 more than he was getting last year for it. And very strong applicants as well. Um, but again, you know, here we are in Toronto. These are young professionals who were looking for a rental, can't afford to pay $26.50 a month. Um, you're seeing a little bit different because you were saying you're representing more people in the lower income range. But that gets me into what I want to speak about now is the application process. And I've seen it as a realtor where it's very, very unfair. And I'm sure you're seeing it a lot more than I have been. So let's let's talk about the application process and some of the things that landlords are doing that they're not allowed to do, because that really frustrates me when I'm representing tenants on our end here, even on the MLS, where I see our realtors, or my fellow realtors, breaching the Residential Tenancies Act um, as they're looking for a tenant for their clients. Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly, I mean, this this is one of the reasons that a couple of years ago, um, the standardized lease was developed in Ontario, is to prevent the kind of um, uh, these situations where landlords were taking advantage of, of tenants so that it's standard across the province. So that's that certainly helped. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, to to be and one of the other things is that landlords are requesting you know several months rent in advance. Yep, we're seeing um, that on our yeah, listings. Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually not legal. However, the problem with that is that as soon many tenants, you know, because getting a unit is so challenging, they'll agree to this. So they will say, you know, we'll give five months rent up front. So as soon as the tenant agrees to it, it becomes legal. So that's the challenge. It's illegal, but when a tenant agrees to it, it becomes legal. And because of the scarcity issue, uh, a lot of tenants are, are that can afford to do this are doing this so that they can secure the unit. Um, so, which is really challenging. Um, and then we've had cases where people pay months up in front, and then um, you know they get evicted, or you know they've been locked out illegally, and then they're they're trying to go after the landlord for the money that they've paid in advance. So it creates a bad situation 
for the tenant. Um, how, how did that that's, work? That's so you said they they paid up front and then they've been locked out. How did that? Tell me about that circumstance. Yeah. So especially during the pandemic, we've seen a lot of this because there was a lot of messaging around um, evictions and not paying the rent during the pandemic. Um, there was a lot of confusion on on tenants thought. Oh well, you know, our, our premier gave the message like not to pay your rent, which was not the case. So I think it wasn't carefully worded, and a lot of tenants uh, we've seen just stopped paying rent. And in the situation where they've paid months in advance, um, sometimes the the uh, landlord has you know changed the locks on the tenant without them knowing. So they come back, you know, they've been out for the day and they can't get into their unit. So, which is called an illegal lockout. I mean, there's processes in place that, you know, you need to, to serve the legal documents and eviction notices. And that was a huge trend, especially during the pandemic. And we see a lot of it. Um, so that's definitely taking advantage of, of the tenants as well. Um, we're still seeing it. Um, it's more so happening, I'd say, in rooming houses, which aren't, you know, monitored as, as closely and it's a lot of vulnerable tenants in these units. So so they certainly get taken advantage of even more. Yeah, and they don't know their rights, obviously. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. that. You know what I'm also seeing, too, with the application process, um, is that some landlords are asking for photo ID. And maybe it's just me being a black guy. I'm really, really skeptical of this. And I do not supply it to the landlords if they're asking for it because I don't need them to find another reason not to rent to one of my clients. Have you, are you seeing that as well? Is that, am I being a little paranoid about this? Certainly, there's certainly a lot of discrimination in this process. Um, that is very, sometimes it's um, very obvious, but it's not, sometimes it's not, right? I mean, we've had, um, you know, Indigenous organizations that uh, have housing workers say that they've actually seen postings saying, um, you know, no people of color and, and being very outwardly racist. Oh so that God. is seriously um, really awful to see. Yeah, it's uh, it was quite alarming. Um, and, and wow, our tenants, so much, oh, so much for the covert racism. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely discrimination on all fronts, whether it being, you know, race, sexual identity, but also, you know, socioeconomic status. Um, with our tenants having to provide, you know, proof of income when they're on ODSP or Ontario Works, the landlord, you know, right away is thinking, oh, someone's on social assistance. That's not someone I'd really want to rent to. So they're not deemed desirable. So they're not getting the unit based on that alone. Oh, yeah, that's really tough on those. And, and you know, on more than one front, you know, I mean, we have, you know, the uh, young professionals who are having trouble finding places to live in. And then, boy, it must be so much harder for, like you said, that most of the people that you're representing, especially the ones that are on, you know, the ODSP, right? That's amazing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we see um, people from all walks of life. Um, a lot of, we're seeing more and more, actually, just people that are, you know, working, um, but working poor. Um, so even someone who's making, you know, $25 an hour, you know, if they've got two kids and, you know, they need to pay their rent, um, it's just, it's not a sufficient salary in order to survive in the city. So 
um, we're seeing more and more of that rather than just people on social assistance. It's a lot of, you know, families, um, single parents and, and working poor. So it's definitely um, changed in the last five years. As I've said, the affordability is just out of reach for a lot of people. And the cost of living, as we know, for everyone has just skyrocketed, um, you know, the last few years, especially with uh, after COVID with the gas and groceries, everything is just extremely expensive now. So it's making it very challenging for people. So are you a tenant who's been thinking about entering the housing market? If you are, the first thing you should do is get pre-qualified with a mortgage agent to see what you can afford. And I recommend that you get in touch with Jason Georgiopoulos of Dominion Lending. Jason will be able to tell you if you can get into the market, and if you can, he'll get you the best rates and terms available. To get in touch with Jason, you can email him at jasong at dominionlending.ca. So I just want to talk about... um, illegal evictions right now. I'm going to tell you a quick little story about something that I encountered as a realtor. Um, I had a listing and we sold the property and it was a listing that had three units. The new buyer said that they wanted to move into the main floor unit. So we gave the N12 Uh, notice to the people on the main floor saying that on closing, the new buyer is going to be moving into the unit. So the tenants evicted, the property closed, everything was great. Uh, Next thing we know, the owner never did move in and went in and just re-rented it to somebody else (laughs) after that to get a higher rent. That is illegal. And we run into this quite a bit as realtors uh, when we're selling these properties. And, you know, I know, you know, a lot of landlords will say, you know, well, you know what, the tenants have had a good deal. They're getting the low rent. So, you know, uh, they had a good deal. So it doesn't matter. We need to have higher, higher income in our properties for us to carry it. But it's so wrong. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a huge trend across across Canada. Um, we're getting a lot of N12 notices and N13. And, and like you said, the N12 is, is basically evicting uh, tenants to say that family is moving in or they're moving in. And, and so it's kind of an easy way for landlords to get the current tenants out um, because their rent has been protected. Um, it can only go up you know, the certain amount that the government sets each year, um, which is, you know, 1.6% or so. Whereas if if they evict the tenants and then they rent it out again, they can um, increase the rent to whatever amount they want. So, you know, we've had tenants be in their units for, you know, 15 years and they're paying, you know, $900 for a one bedroom and then they receive an N12 notice. And then the next tenant comes in, they're paying $1,800. So, um, of course, for a landlord that's wanting to make money, it's a way to get tenants out of the unit. So um, it's a system that's not working. It's something that we need to do more about. Um, and a lot of a lot of tenants don't really follow up afterwards. Like 
I mean, you can you can try to see if anything can be done at the landlord tenant board if you can prove that the landlord wasn't acting in good faith. But to be honest, I'd say 99 or percent of our tenants don't really, you know, they don't have the time or energy to spend on, you know, investigating what's happening after the fact. So yeah, they've moved out. They're you know, they're settled into their new place. Hopefully they've got a new place and then they just let it go. It's done, right? Um, I'm going to get into the N13 in just a second. Uh, but you, um, it also illegal evictions where I'm seeing, um, and, and these are realtors that I'm dealing with as well, that are uh, going, deal well, working with their landlords, their clients, and just approaching tenants who are on leases. And saying we're selling the property and you have to move out, and the tenants don't know their rights. Yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That uh, it, it's really important for people to, if they're not sure, to get legal advice. Um, there's lots of organizations that do the kind of work that we do, and knowing your rights is so important. And it's surprising how many people will just take the landlord's word and and move out. Um, it happens a lot, and then often, sometimes. We'll find out after the fact, we'll hear this, they'll come in looking for a place and come to us, they'll explain what happened with the landlord. And unfortunately, at that point, it's too late. They've already agreed and moved out. So Yeah, they've moved out. Um, so tenants have to know that just because a landlord is selling the property, it doesn't mean that they have to move out. It's that simple. Yeah, certainly. I mean, people need, they need to be served their eviction notices and then it has to go to a hearing. So it's, it's also a lengthy process too. So a lot of people think, you know, they got to move out right away and that's not necessarily the case. So there is a process in place. Um, and I know right now, especially with the landlord tenant board being very backed up, it takes time for people to be evicted. So, um, and often too, if, if someone's received a first notice, Say in the case of someone hasn't paid the rent, um, someone might see that notice and think I've been evicted, but that's not actually the case. It's basically just saying, you know, you need to um, to pay your rent. If you don't, we will file um, for an eviction. It's kind of the first notice, but people don't understand because it's very it's it's legal documents that can be confusing for tenants. So they need to really get legal advice and get some guidance on this because there's often a lot that can be done. Um, to prevent these types of things. Um, but once you've moved out, you know, it's hard to, to do anything after the fact. So, But what for legal advice can cost them, though? Are there any agencies out there that could help a tenant uh, for an, at, an, at an affordable price? Yeah, I mean, certainly there's a lot of, fortunately, a lot of uh, free legal advice. Certainly, I mean, I don't know uh, resources outside of Ottawa, but in Ottawa, there's community legal clinics clinics based in each, um, you know, the, the south, east, west, north areas of the city, as well as my organization has a paralegal. Um, and we have a sister organization called Action Logement that serves um, kind of the east end of Ottawa. And we're funded by the city of Ottawa. And it's free advice for tenants. So any service out of our organization or the legal cl clinics is 100% free. So Okay, well, that's good. That's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure we have those here in Toronto as well. Okay, the N13 notice, also known as the rent eviction notice. Let's talk about that a little bit and uh, how that's being used, how it's being abused, and how legal it has been used. 
we're seeing a lot of N13 notices being given. And essentially what this is, is that landlords are selling the building um, often to developers and the buildings are being redeveloped often into luxury condos, luxury rental. Um, because the land value itself is worth so much money, it's attractive for the landlord to sell the building. So it, it puts um, tenants in a position where they have to, to get out of the building and find other places to live. And in many cases where they've been living there a long time, their rent is lower than what the average rent is in the city. So once they leave the unit, they're trying to find a rent that's affordable. And in Ottawa right now, the average one bedroom is $16.50. So it's, it's quite unaffordable. It's less than Toronto, but it's still certainly um, too high for, for what it needs to be. I mean, landlords are, they have to give uh, compensation of three months rent for tenants, but oftentimes it'll take more than three months to find a unit. So it puts them in a really precarious situation. Yeah, but also, doesn't the landlord, once the renovation is done of the unit, doesn't the landlord have to offer it back to that original tenant? Yes. It's not my real area of Paralegal usually kind of speaks to that, so I, don't, I can't really get into the, the legal part of that. But yes, certainly, there are some provisions that have to be made for tenants. Yeah, sure. So I, I, I know a little bit about that. So the renovation's done. And let's say they were paying the sixteen fifty a month that uh, you know the average that you talked about for a one bedroom. They've gone in, they've done a renovation, turned it into a luxury unit, and then they can offer it back to that original tenant. But they offer it back at the new price, so it could be twenty three, twenty four hundred, and in most cases, that original tenant will just say, "Look, I can't afford it," and uh, and they've already moved on, like you've said anyway. So those are some of the downfalls there when somebody comes in and gives an N13 notice to to uh, a tenant. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, they had the first right of refusal, but, you know, it's often not at a rate where they can afford it. So um, so they have to find another unit. Exactly. Sure. I want to just go back to the application process again. So what can a landlord ask of a potential tenant? Yep. So landlords can ask for photo identification. Um, so they're allowed to ask, ask for that, even though I don't like <laughs> yes, that one, but they're allowed to ask for that. It, it, it's true. There, there is a lot of discrimination, discrimination because of that, uh, definitely. Um, they can ask for um, proof of income. Um, they can ask for a criminal record check. Um, for um, a credit check, which is often a huge barrier, certainly for a lot of our clients. Um, and especially at, coming out of the pandemic, a lot of people, you know, weren't able to pay for things. And so their credit has been affected. Um, and so landlords in that situation, if they're not willing to rent to them, they may ask for a guarantor, which they can legally do. Um, but it's challenging for people to to find someone that will guarantee you know, paying for the rent. Um, so that those are definitely things that can be asked uh, of tenants. Mm -hmm. um, you also talked about uh, rent deposits and how um, tenants are agreeing to months and months of rent deposits uh, being uh, given to the landlord. But what is the legal rent deposit allowable? So they can ask for a first and last month's rent. And that that's what's legal. And what what other... The other month's rent, if they want to pay in advance, I mean, it's not legal. But as I said, if tenants are willing to do it, 
it becomes legal because they've agreed to it. So it puts them in a, in a bad situation. I think because of the supply and demand issue, people are just desperate to get a unit. So they're willing to to kind of be at the um, helm of the of the landlord and, and do what is asked of them. So it's it's tricky. Okay. So um, we're getting ready to wrap up here, Shay. Uh, what type of advice can you give to tenants um, if they're having problems with their landlords? And um, also, you know, the second part of this would be what type of things can they do to help secure a unit if they are competing against an, another uh, potential tenant? Certainly knowing your rights, that's really important. So tenants really need to educate themselves. And if they're not sure of something, to reach out to an organization that will help, that does have expertise in this area, so that they can make informed choices. That's um, first and foremost. Um, and and to secure the units, you said, to kind of make yourself more, or, or what advice we'd give to tenants? Um, certainly being organized. Have all your their paperwork. Have um, be ready to to give a person last month's rent deposit, um, appearance, um, you know, making sure that you, um, you know, give a, a good first impression by, you know, being well-dressed and, and, you know, presentable. Um, yeah, clean up. Being personable, of course. Um, and asking the right questions, making sure you know, um, you know, what's, what's in the lease, what's not. Asking the right questions. Trying to think of what other things. Yeah. I know when we're dealing with, with uh, potential tenants, like we tell them to get all of that stuff in order. So first of all, get your credit check done. And if not, we can do that for you. And so we can present that as a package to the potential landlord. Um, letters of employment with your income, how long you've been working there, and a letter and that letter from your HR department. Um, your first and last month's rent for sure. Uh, we do a rental application form here uh, through realtors as well that will go over things like references, their last landlords, uh, and references as well that they can supply, which helps the application um, right, right through to the end. And I've found by representing landlords, <laughs> we've actually uh, checked like employers' letters and We've actually had it come back where the person was not employed at that place. They were, it was a bogus letter. So it's really, really important that, you know, we as realtors protect our landlords as well. But I know with tenants, it's it's hard out there for tenants. We understand that too. But the more you're prepared and you have this package ready, the better chance you're going to have of getting that next unit. Exactly. I mean, um, landlords have several applicants, so they want all the paperwork. They don't want to have to chase people. Um, because as soon as you have to start chasing people, they'll move on to the next person. So having all your ducks in a row, like you said, it's it's extremely important. Great, Shay. Thank you so much for joining us today on Sold in the Six. That is Shay Kiley, the Executive Director of Housing Help in Ottawa. And if I have any Ottawa listeners, how can they get in touch with you if they need you? www.action-lajma.ca or they can just type in our, our name, Housing Help, and Google and, and find us. Um, and also our number is 613-563-4532. Great. Thank you very much, Shay. No problem. Thank you. 
So that's our latest episode of Sold in the Six. If you're a tenant, please listen to what Shay said and know your rights. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and you'll start getting these episodes automatically. And please feel free to send this episode on to a friend. If you need to get in touch with me, you can email me at des at desmondbrown.ca. You can also follow me on all of the social media platforms. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and my handle is desin the six, and the six is the number six IX. Until next time, I'm Desmond Brown. This is Story Studio Network.